Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Woman podcast. Every two weeks, we'll post a podcast version of one of our free training videos, but you can access them now at beyondordinarywomen.org. This episode or series includes downloadable information on our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. Go to resources on the main menu and click on podcast slash video extras. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daggle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, and I'd like to welcome you to this video on millennials. We're first going to talk about who they are, the good, the bad, and the ugly about it. And my special guest is Nika Spalding. Nika is one of my very favorite millennials. <laughs> and um, Nika is a graduate of Oklahoma. That's right, Boomer Center. Yes, and Dallas Seminary. She has a Master's of Theology from there. And you can read more about NICA on our website. So I'd invite you to do that. But welcome, NICA. I'm so happy you're able to join me today Thank and you, talk Jay. about your generation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I should start with I'm also my favorite millennial, which is a trait of most millennials. <laughs> we tend to like ourselves, but um, I, I appreciate coming here. This is a topic I'm passionate about, and I love talking about millennials because I think we can sometimes be misunderstood or maybe dismissed, and so I think it's a really important topic. And so um, the question I know you're going to lead with is what is a millennial, which is a great question. Uh, there's an Atlantic article that I love quoting because it starts with, we all know millennials are the worst, but what exactly is a millennial, which I love because it sums it up. And so really simple terms, millennials, when you talk to sociologist generations, those born between 1985 and 2004. So looking about 32, 33 year olds to maybe 13, 14 year olds, which is a big jump of time, right? Mm -hmm. But um, it's a big generation too. You know, previously to this, baby boomers got to brag that they were the largest generation in America, but Millennials have quickly overtaken that, and it doesn't seem to be stopping. And so, largest generation in America, um, and also a generation marked by extreme optimism, despite growing up in Columbine. I remember being a teenager and hearing about that, despite Katrina, despite the Oklahoma City bombing, despite sort of all these things. This is an oddly optimistic generation, despite growing up in chaos. And so, um, yeah, I'm, and I'm grateful for that optimism. Maybe it might be a little bit of putting on blinders, but it's still helpful that we can see the good in the world despite seeing so much evil in it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's a generation marked by diversity, which especially in America, I should say most of these statistics refer to American millennials, but in America, 11% of millennials are born to an immigrant parent. And so you think about generations before, sort of this American-born, American-made type families, millennials really are different. And not only are they diverse in, in their friend groups, they're diverse in what they value. You know, they value diversity. They value um, seeing more people groups represented in the organizations that they're a part of. And so um, millennials are the group that I think are gonna be passionate about bringing different people together. Uh, not only are they diverse and optimistic, but millennials are also just entrepreneurs. They are the go-getters. You can see that uh, maybe for m narcissistic reasons, they'd rather not work for someone, uh, but it does drive them to start businesses and, and to see global type businesses are coming out of this generation. And so with the advent of technology, we're seeing poverty, not just in our, in our country, but all over the world. And so you'll see millennials start things like Warby Parker, which every pair of glasses you buy, then another pair goes out, or Tom's, which most people love buying a pair of Tom's shoes, and then a pair goes out into the world. And so it's an incredibly 
go-getting, entrepreneurial, diverse group of people that are the largest group in the world. And so it's a fun group to be a part of. But Well, and one of the things I love, which you've hit on, is that millennials are so passionate. Mm -hmm. I find millennials to be so focused and passionate, and they, they want to be part of something bigger yeah. themselves, a cause. And, you know, they're, they're adopting children from yeah. places that need parenting. Yeah. They are going overseas and living to make a difference in, in orphanages and places like that. Yeah. I'm just I'm just so impressed with what millennials do. Yeah, yeah, and they, not only do they do those things, but they put it on social media and they use this social collateral to, to bring people into it. You think about, um, I have friends who are in their 40s and 50s who are from a different nation who are adopted, and they tell these really painful stories about how their parents were really pioneers, you know, bringing in a young black person into their predominantly white family in the suburbs, and you hear this story of how difficult that was. Well, millennials are changing that to where it's becoming normative. It's almost, and maybe too much, becoming cool, right, to, to have a diverse family. But through that, they're using social media and leveraging their social capital for good, that we would consider adopting, or we would consider starting an orphanage, or we would consider, you know, using our energy. And you see that too in the way that they choose their jobs. You know, so many millennials say, it's not as important to me how much money I can make, but that the values of my company align with what I care about. And so we're seeing companies who are going, hey, we've hired these millennials, they're the largest workforce in the world, we don't really understand them, but they keep telling us they care about good. And they keep telling us we'd love for extra income to go towards the poor, towards the needy, towards the, the racial justice in the world. And it's an incredible thing that millennials are leveraging their energy and their passions to do. Um, but it's hard to talk about millennials without also getting to the negative, and we tell us the good, the bad, and the ministry. And so I think it's worth noting some of the bad, uh, and that this is without a doubt the most narcissistic generation, most narcissistic generation that maybe the world has ever seen. I think through the advent of social media, that is partly true. Um, but one of the things that I, I read in research is. You know, our parents really wanted us to have good self-esteem. There was all this research that came out in the 70s about how self-esteem is so helpful for people to be successful. And so parents go, great, well then I want my kid to have self-esteem. And so, you know, we can't, they, you get trophies for participation, you get told, hey, great job, even though, you know, you didn't do a great job, or maybe they stopped keeping score in gym class, even though everybody keeps scoring their own head in gym class. We all know who really won, but sort of that started happening. And the researchers found, it turns out, self-esteem is not something you can give somebody. It's something they earn. It's, it's correlative. It's not causational. You can't give someone self-esteem. And, and this is why I love what the researchers said. They said, instead, a better message, instead of you're doing great, would have maybe just been, I love you. And I think, what a Christian message that here we go, researchers going, turns out by building up all this self-esteem that really it backfired and we created narcissistic entitled generation and really we just need to remind millennials no you're loved not because of what you do and frankly you lost that basketball game and it'll teach you something about <laughs> you know resiliency in life when you lose and so um, so they are an entitled generation and they are a generation that would care more about social capital than maybe other values and so there is research saying that you know people have given the choice to be a US senator or being the, the personal assistant to someone famous they would choose personal assistant. And that is something that only television and social media would create. I mean, we think, why would you want to be anybody's assistant when you could be a senator? And, uh, and so it's this weird conflicting value system where it's, I really want to change the world as a millennial, 
But I think I could do it better by being a personal assistant of somebody famous than being a senator. And so that's kind of the wonky millennial that our parents scratch their heads and go, what is wrong with you, part of our generation? Um, and so it's true. I mean, there are some serious negatives to millennials. We tend to quit jobs sooner than we should. We tend to um, delay marriage because of immaturity a lot of times. Um, sometimes we delay it for good reasons. Uh, but yeah, there is, there is some bad that comes with this generation. But I, I would caveat that with saying every generation has their bad. We just tend to be the most studied generation in all of history. And so um, while I'm willing to own our, our deficiencies, I'm also willing to tell people it's it's not that we're alone in that. I think we all know from Scripture we are all broken and all in need of a Savior, and so these just happen to be our bad uh, that, that millennials carry with it. But, but there's a lot of good, too. And I think you're right, Kay, that the passion is a big part of what drives us. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so there's a lot of positive that millennials bring. We, we capitalize on social media. We, we use our influence for good, and we care about the least of these in really substantial ways. And then... Maybe the, one of the last things I love about millennials that is so integral to scripture, you, you can't get out of Ephesians without reading about the one another's. You can't get throughout scripture without seeing this, this family metaphor that God has built in his kingdom of God and millennials love community. And so one of the things that previous generations, sort of this, this narrative in American, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, which is um, so infused into our culture, millennials are beginning to recognize the value. We, let's do it together. I want to do this, but I'm going to bring my five friends with me. And um, we see that in the way that we educate millennials. They're no longer in rows and, and chairs facing forward in schools. We've got them in round tables. And um, it drove me crazy, frankly. I love kind of, I'm more individualistic than some of my millennial counterparts, but what we've created by this communal feel is this realization that the, the power of a unified front, which is what we want in our faith, is, is going to fuel efforts farther than an individual could go on their own. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that millennials can bring to the church and bring to our society as a whole. Well, let me pick up on one thing yeah. you were just saying, because the truth is what we're talking about is the average millennial. Absolutely. And we're going to find millennials who vary. Yeah. Just like you said, you are a little more individualistic than yeah. some of the other millennials. I'm probably not your average baby boomer right. either. Right. We all, you know, each of us has those qualities that we fit yeah. with our generation and maybe some things that we don't. Yeah. So as we think about getting to know millennials, working with millennials, having them in our family, we need to know they will probably show some of these characteristics, but no one millennial may show all of these Absolutely. characteristics. Absolutely. It's a great reminder. And you know, these are rigid boundary lines. You know, I was born in 85, so I'm right on that edge. And so certainly then you would expect I show also signs of Generation X and then Generation Y. And plus, some of these negatives are just about maturity. So you hope that as we grow up, maybe we'll, we'll shirk some of them off. And so I think that's a great point, Kay, that um, if we come with too many assumptions about how we expect millennials to behave, uh, then we may lower the bar so much that we give them nothing to clear. But I think if we call people to to greater Christ-likeness and to greater maturity, then despite whatever our millennial generation might be true of us in, as a whole, I think individuals will have the ability to rise to the occasion and, and do incredible things for the Lord and for the church. Right. And that's true of every generation. Absolutely. It's, uh, my generation, we still need to be called to something more because we have our own yeah. blind spots and our own 
views of things that need to be challenged. Maybe we'll do a video. I'll tell you what's wrong with the baby boomer sometimes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I probably know. <laughs> but maybe we need to tell yeah. some other people. I don't sure, know. Sure. Well, thank you, Nika. Yeah. And we are going to continue this conversation. We are going to talk about ministering to millennials. As we think about these qualities and these characteristics, how do we minister well to them in the church? And so I hope you will join us for that. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used by courtesy of Christine Miller.